0: I'm Marissa Norcross,
1: and I'm Dave Freund, and this is the next page. Marissa, how are you today?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm terrific. You know, we are well into 2021. It's going to be an amazing year. Mm-hmm. 2020 is behind us.
0: Yes, it is.
1: And we're ready to go. And we are at our last installment on four steps to meaningful change. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about this. So today, this this whole um. Step four is really around courage mm-hmm. because the reality is that, you know, we can we can do all the other things. We can have the awareness, the vision, the strategy. We can put all of these beautiful plans in place. But if we don't get moving, if we don't step out in doing things sometimes that are afraid, um, we won't make any progress whatsoever. And, you know, I know going into 2021 is there's a lot of uncertainty. hmm you know, how long will we still have some of these lockdowns? How long, or, you know, lockdown's not a good word, but, you know, restrictions. Um, how long will it take till all of the vaccine is where it needs to be? Um, what is going to happen in Washington with a new president and a new Congress and all? None of us know those things. What's going to happen to the economy? I don't know. But worrying about those things that I don't know anything about, that I have no control over, is not going to help me. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this, that if we don't do anything, nothing changes. So that's why it's, I think it's really important for us to take this, this courage one seriously. And the, also, the reality of this is true. Our life expands directly related to the amount of courage that we can employ in our life. Um, there's a Roman historian that I wrote in my post this morning, Tacitus, who wrote, The desire for safety stands against every great and noble enterprise. Mm-hmm. The only people that accomplish anything are those that learn how to do something just a little bit afraid yep so what were your thoughts when you first saw it
0: uh i I will say this one kind of surprised me a little bit. I think back when we started, you had told me that the you know the fourth one was going to be about courage and i you know we we outlined it and you talked about it a little bit but um I would say it wasn't something that immediately came to my mind, but now that i've read your thoughts on it makes complete sense um because you're right you can spend all your time working on awareness vision and strategy but if you can't take even the smallest leap of faith it, right. to get those things going then it was all wasted
1: right you know as, as you were as you were um talking there, the thought that when you said, if if you don't take that little leap of faith and the exact thought that came to mind, you're going to laugh about this, was, <laughs> should I propose to my wife or not?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because if I propose, she might say no. Mm-hmm. But she might say yes. Well, she did say yes, obviously, 39 years ago. But if you think about that, so for me, that was just, that was the thought that came into mind. And maybe it was because I remembered The anxiety that I had to propose or not to propose. What if she says no? I don't. You know, everything changes. Type of thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but she didn't. But had I not had the courage and the faith to ask, imagine how different my life would have been. So now we're not. You know, certainly not everybody's faced with that kind of a of a question every day. Um, but one of the things you and I talked about before we we hit record was so let's say we. We, have a com- we know we have to have a conversation with our boss, mm-hmm. but we're not sure how our boss is going to receive that conversation. So by not having it, we don't solve anything. By not having that conversation of how we might be able to reimagine our position, we have no hope of changing our career. Um, that everything, everything in life that we want is right outside of our comfort zone. All of our needs, desires, everything, it's right outside of our comfort zone but we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. So, one of the reasons that we don't step out is fear. And and it just seems like fear keeps coming back as this underlying theme. It's that well that was the it seems I talked about fear more in 2020 than just about anything else because we have to be able to overcome fear. And and one of the things that that struck me as I think about fear is fear is always worse at night.
0: Yes, for sure. <laughs>
1: Right? You know, mm-hmm. a screaming child is worse at night than in the daytime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're bad in the daytime, but it's worse at night. You know, we hear a bump in the night and it's scary. We hear it during the daytime. And it's, oh, well, I wonder what that was.
0: Yeah, the house is settling.
1: <laughs> yeah, the house is settling. You know, I I remember the because the, we built our own house. And the first winter I lived in my house, it seemed that at night, in the winter, when it got really, really cold, this house made more popping and wheezing sounds. And I didn't know what it was. I thought, is this thing going to fall down? You know, and when I was talking with a coworker, he said, no, it's just the wood is continually drying out and it's just so dry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, oh. now pff, we've lived in this house 30 some years. You know, I'm I'm so used to all the bumps and the bangs. And even if it's at night, it's a little bit scary, but not as bad as it used to be. So the reason it's scarier at night is because we can't see. And, and, and there's no light to really reveal what's going on. And so the most important thing we can do with what's holding is to identify what's holding us back. We need the courage. Something standing in the way of that courage just flowing. It's typically a fear. What are we afraid of? And the best way to deal with that fear is to talk it out. Identify it. Label it. Name it. So the uh, I used the example of, you know, what's the economy going to look like in 2021? I don't know. Can I change the economy in 2021? No. So should I be fearful of what it's going to do? I can't change it. I should prepare for some things, mm-hmm. but I need to think through, is this a logic? So for instance, um, it's not something we're doing, but do I buy a house or don't I buy a house? Well, logically, we would look at you buy a house when you can afford to buy a house. And if your job is steady and you, there's no reason why you think it shouldn't be, why would we worry about what the economy is going to do, whether or not we buy the house? You know, most people would say that having property is something that's good in a time of financial uncertainty. It certainly is better than buying a car. But so, but you have to have those conversations and talk them out with people. I, I just had a conversation the other day with with somebody that bought a house, and wonders if it was a wise thing to do. And I said, you know, if we hit an inflationary period and the dollar loses value, your house retains the value. I said in Syracuse, we're blessed. We don't have we don't have markets that skyrocket and mm-hmm. we don't have markets that, that collapse. So it's a good hedge against inflation. But he was worried. But when we talked it through, he was able to kind of think it through. So I'm hoping that example makes sense. So I asked you at the beginning if you ever were afraid of things. So, did anything come to mind? The one thing I thought would be fearful. You just said no. That one really didn't bother me. So.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think uh, you know, thinking about life events. I mean, of course, ah. when my you know when my house makes noise at night, I am certainly fearful. Sure, <laughs> um, but uh, I mean. I'm sure there are things, in, in large things, even w- which we've talked about before, right? Like transitioning yes. my role at MACNE, which has yes. it, it's now been two years, and I would say it's kind of transitioned again somewhat organically. But um, mm-hmm. that initial change was certainly something that, that had a lot of fear built into it. And, you know, I think you and I talked through it a lot, which, which kind of right. helped shed some light on it and gave me the courage to to move forward. Um, so I think, you know, that was probably the most recent kind of large life-altering sure. decision that, that required some courage. Um,
1: and that was a huge one. That
0: was a big one for sure.
1: Yeah. And I remember back then, I, I think the first conversation you and I had, I was in you were in florida mhm yeah and and i get this text from you <laughs> can you talk and i'm like uh and i kind of had an idea that something was up and mm-hmm. and i think my response might have been yes unless you're telling me you're leaving <laughs> something like that but then we had the conversation and you just needed to you needed to verbalize what you were feeling
0: yeah i i think and it, that- it depends and it kind of Th- these types of things, I think, are very dependent on personality types as well. Absolutely. And like, I'd consider myself a pretty risk averse person. Yes. And I am very calculative. And I, you know, I will, that, you know, you and I had that conversation, which definitely gave me the push I needed. But then I had to go do my own like calculations right. and spreadsheets and charts. And I think that was kind of my way. Like, that's my mm-hmm. process. That That is how I can have courage to to make those decisions. I, you know, when, before we started recording, you asked me if I had ever performed a dance recital. We, you know, everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I danced for 20-something years. And you asked me if I was, you know, afraid all those times. And I wasn't. And I think maybe I was when I was two years old. But then it became like I had my process. My, right. My preparation process that kind of got me out of that place, you know, like right. I, I switched the way my brain looked at it.
1: Yes. Perfect. Which is really what we're asking people to do in this courage piece. Shift the way your brain is looking at it. And all of a sudden, and I loved how you talked about the preparation piece. You weren't afraid to get out on stage because you were prepared to mm-hmm. go out on stage. You know, people will ask me, "Well, aren't you afraid to do public speaking?" And I'm like, "No." Now, the first few times, yeah, I really was. But what I've learned is, you just prepare Mm -hmm. and you think it through. And really, what's the worst thing that can happen? Now, actually, I lived through (laughs) through one of those worst things that could happen if you think about it. And it was pretty. It was about a year ago this time when when I was I was presenting something. And the group that I was presenting to just revolted against the the video that I presented because I was showing a video, and you know what we're talking about mm-hmm. here because I shared it with you. Yeah, and it was like that was that that is like a tra- a traumatic moment that still every now and then I'll get these like chills that go down my spine when I think about it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some emotional scars about the way they revolted, so to speak. And do I ever want to go back? No, I don't ever want to go back. But you know what? I survived it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And y- and looking back on even that, which I consider to be a very difficult time, I learned a great deal. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a failure.
0: And your courage probably expanded beyond that, right? Like you stepped outside yes. your comfort zone. You oh, did. Yeah. You did something uncomfortable. It didn't go as you had planned. Right. But you learned something, and exactly now you probably have that. You know, when you think about like, how bad could this be? Is it going right. to be as bad as that one time? Mm, probably
1: not. <laughs> probably not. Now that I've got that one under forward. my belt, <laughs> no, it won't be that bad. You know, and I'll ask if I'll ask a lot more questions before I go in <laughs> than I did for that one. So really, what we're talking about is training our brain mm-hmm. to not. We're not talking about being careless by any means. Right. You know, I am also very risk averse. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between stepping out with courage and being foolish. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying to be foolish, you know, being very calculating, have the conversations with the people. So if there's, so whatever it is that's holding you back, identify what's the fear that's keeping me from stepping out in courage. Work it through, talk it through. And this point about getting comfortable being uncomfortable with you getting on stage hundreds of times, you became comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation Mm -hmm. to the point that you probably got to a point where you really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So that's what's going to happen. The more we do it, we actually enjoy it because there is this little bit of an adrenaline rush when you're doing something. That's a little scary. Yeah. But you love it. You you want to be on stage, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And we can cultivate ourselves to do that. You know, one of the things I, I had a note here, uh, what's the risk of not acting? A life of regret. Right. Wow. And that is such a fearful statement. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be able to say, well, I wonder what would have happened if. So using the proposal example, yeah, my wife could have said no. Thankfully she didn't. But can you imagine if I would have spent my life watching her from afar living a life with someone else? The regret that would have been part of that. Um one of the things too that I that I I I liked when I did a little bit of research on this was developing intellectual courage. And I I never thought about this the power of of exposing our our mind to other people's struggles and challenges through through books and literature and things like that um you know you i've been you and i've mentioned offline that i just and actually i just finished it today the um walking with destiny the book about winston churchill and man when you when you are able to listen to what that man went through it gives you courage tremendous courage you know and so other people may look at they may look at our country in these turbulent times and say oh my goodness you know are we going to make it yeah well why don't you just read team of rivals about lincoln you know read any of the historical books of things we've gone through as a country it's going to give you this this intellectual courage you you begin to be able to reason out in your mind that while it may look really bad for me right now this is nothing compared to what other people have gone through. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: One of the things I did early in the last, um, early 2020, like in the, the, the April timeframe was started reading about the Spanish flu of 1917, 18 and 19. Cause it shows you these things have happened in the past and we'll get through it without much trouble. um, is there anything that you, other than talking things out, is there anything else that you do that helps you overcome the, the, the fear to hold you back, that mm-hmm. might hold you back?
0: I, I think talking things out is critical for me. I think looking at kind of a risk-reward Scenario, right? Maybe plotting out like a pros and cons list, or you know, depending on what it is, um, you know, considering what what's at stake and you know what Mm -hmm. the situation could be. Um, I think that's important. Uh, You
1: also mentioned at the beginning before we hit record was taking that small step.
0: Yeah. Yes, I think like whether it's starting something with a small step or just taking Mm -hmm. like the next. Step right, even if it's really tiny, like, even if it's just like today, I'm going to Google XYZ because that, yes. will at least get me started on, on this path. Um, I think that that is critical, which kind of piggybacks on what we talked about last week on strategy and, and yep. kind of breaking things into bite sized pieces, and sometimes they need to be like baby size pieces <laughs> uh really mm-hmm. really tiny and that can help just kind of build that momentum and by you know tiptoeing along the way you might realize hey this isn't so scary after all
1: exactly you know i i i was thinking too about so i know i have to call this customer mm-hmm. but i'm afraid to call the customer i want you know maybe i'm it's to do a proposal like if you have a quality problem you call the customer right away but like trying to sell a product, trying to connect, like if I want to try to, to reach out to a potential coaching client, you know, and I'm kind of concerned, ah, you know, I what are they going to, so schedule the appointment. That becomes the first step. Mm-hmm. You know, send them an email, pick up the phone, whatever it might be, just do that next thing and you begin to flex that courage muscle that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing that I found was um, something called moral courage, and that one really I kind of wondered like, what does that mean And, and, and the way you develop it is, is work on your empathy and compassion and I, And what I got from that was, you know i've I've mentioned in the past this change Your World program that's going to be rolling out um, nationally in, in, in the next probably four weeks um, It's not easy to go up against common thinking or the norms, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when you really can have compassion and empathy for people, you start to realize that, you know, there are still a lot of things that are really broken. And I may have to challenge some of my own thoughts, my own past learnings, to address some things that really need to be addressed. And that's kind of what I see in this developing empathy and listening to people. Um, I think the more dialogue we have with people, the more conversation we have with people, the more courage we're going to have. I think it's just a natural outgrowth of, of being empathetic and, and, and compassionate is then we will have the courage to make a difference. So it's a simple thing in terms of say, well, we just need courage. But it's a complex thing to start doing because you just have to practice being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The other thing we I I did mention in my post this morning, I almost forgot, was sometimes we have to get our brain off the fear. And and if we can really focus on something that engages our prefrontal cortex, that reasoning part of our mind, we can take the time away from trying to rationalize. The, the fear kind of paralyzes that part of our brain. And it can be something as simple as a hobby um, or a puzzle, um, whatever it is that's going to occupy that part of our brain. The other thing that I that I forgot to mention too is to growing our courage muscle is try hobbies that you've never tried. Try doing something different in a hobby that you never tried. Um, one of the things I found for myself last year was, you know, the, our listeners know that I was struggling to get the boat running. And we rebuilt the engine and we had some issues and we needed some help getting it done right. And, and we, we went through all of those things. And I kept relying on one of my sons to, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And, and he's got a family with three kids and I didn't want to keep bothering him. So I started reaching out to other people myself and started doing things myself, mm-hmm. things that I was afraid to do. But you know what? After a while, it got easy to say, hey, what do I do here? How do I do that? So even a hobby, something you love, can help expand your courage. Certainly as a parent, you, you get a lot of chances to experience <laughs> on a daily basis. You know, mm-hmm. How do you fix this? How do you handle that? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen with the kids? I don't know. But you just keep going forward, doing just the next thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So try things new. Figure out what's holding you back. Read, you know, I, I wish that I would have been a better reader 30 years ago. Because I would know a whole lot more than I know now. There's just so much you can get from just learning from the experiences that other people have made. Mm-hmm. Anything you think I forgot?
0: Uh, you know, I think we we covered a lot of ground, and you know, you mentioned a few times, you know, that courage is is kind of like a muscle, right? And the more you yeah. you exercise it, and of course, you need you know you need some rest. You can't just be constantly
1: right, right, exerting
0: courage. Uh, but that the stronger it becomes, and in the more natural it feels, I think. Um, yes. And I think, you know, and I think it, there are certain things, there are certain times in your life where um, it can feel more natural than others too. Right. And and right. thinking about like that moral courage that's related to empathy and compassion, you know, you mentioned parenting. It's like, mm-hmm. I could certainly muster up a whole lot of courage if, you know, one of my kids was in danger or injured or, you know, I do not like blood, but if one of my kids was injured, (laughs) I would muster the courage to deal with it, Um, you know, and things like that. And So I think it comes in waves in in our lives and, you know, sometimes we need to really rely on others and, and talk to others to kind of push through the fear. And, and I love the idea of, of thinking about how, It functions in the brain because I, that's not usually my normal tendency to look up, like, what should I do with my prefrontal Mm -hmm. cortex to, you know, make XYZ happen? (laughs) Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense. And it's really interesting to think about how, how in control we are of the, of these things that feel so out of our control.
1: Right. You know, Franklin Roosevelt said in his first inaugural, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mm-hmm. And so true. And if we think about what he had to face, that was his first inaugural, you know, what he had to face in his almost four terms as president. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But he did. And battling his, his, his polio at the same time. So it was, for me, it was kind of an exciting thing to talk about. So you want to know what we're talking about next? Of course. So I'm just going to give you a hint that hopefully will pique everyone's interest. Okay. Monuments. Hmm. that's all I'm going to say. Okay. So I'm super excited to get into this one. It's going to be a lot of work, um, but it'll be good. Can't wait. All right. So with that, I'm Dave Freund.
0: I'm Marissa Norcross.
1: And this was The Next Page.